I'm John Peterson, author of Playing at the World and Game Wizards. You are listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week, Morris, Peter, and Jessica talk about the history of Vecna. In the news, a D&D Beyond update, Star Trek Adventure 2nd Edition coming soon, Discworld getting a new RPG from Odyphius, and more, plus a brand new sketch about using unique artifacts to defeat a great evil. This week on Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. Today's podcast is sponsored by Branderstock's Polearm Emporium. You can find Branderstock's in Upper Ramsbottom Street in the town of Thornistons, just past Mrs. Cockle's Codpiece Boutique. Branderstock's Polearm Emporium sells a wide range of halberds, glaives, and bohemian ear spoons. Ear spoons? That's not a real thing, is it? Ridiculous. What is this nonsense, anyway? I can't believe I'm reduced to flogging this low-class commoner tap to pay my rent. Anyway, go to Branderstocks for pointy sticks. All the tabletop role-play news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, aka Morris, or Morris, aka Russ. And with me this week is PJ Coffee from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. Sorry, Russ, as ever, it is a delight to be here. And joining us also, we have the lady, the business manager of Ian World, who has survived a dreadful onslaught of not one, but two dogs that were very pleased to see her. It's the one! It's the only! It's... It's me, Jessica from EM Publishing. And yes, I went round Russ's house yesterday to to, to, to pick up um, the Level Up starter box set, the only one currently ah. in existence, because uh, I'm running it this weekend, because uh, it's currently being produced. Uh, yeah, and I decided I really wanted to say hi to the dogs, and I... They were equally as excited to see me as I was to see them, and um, yeah. Hmm. Oh, don't let anyone write on those character sheets this weekend. I will not. No, because keep they're... them safe and precious. Yes. No. That that was the thing because uh, we only these are the only ones in existence. Hmm. Yeah. Currently, mm. I might ask should them... printer, should, should utilize a printer at some point. This newfangled yes. tech, apparently, that you can transfer images and writing from your computer screen onto a sheet of paper via the medium of a kind of like. Box, some kind of magic box, which like is amazing. Well, I have one of those, and they don't work. Wow. They're such brats. Right, let's do. Right, let's do some news. Let's do some news. Let's do some Star Trek news. Star Trek. Um, Star so, Trekking across the universe, always going forwards. Yes. Odysseus, uh, the publishers of Star Trek Adventures, yes. a game which uh, Peter and I play oh. once every nine years on a on a Sunday, apparently. Oh. Right, that's that's very unfair. <laughs> is it is it designed to be a monthly <laughs> yes. campaign? Yeah. But then yeah. sometimes you have to skip a month because people's yeah. lives happen. Yeah. 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 Anyway, anyway, so Modifius has announced a second edition of Star Trek Adventures, which is coming out this Gen Con. So in August, really soon. That is really soon. Really, really, really soon. And there's going to be a starter set. Yes. I mean, there's not massive amounts of info. There's a mailing list. Mm-hmm. There's going to be the core book coming out at Gen Con and a starter set, like you just said, shortly afterwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's going to be compatible with first edition supplements. Mm-hmm. They are using the word edition, though. Brave. Oh. Um, and that's basically all we know, really, so far. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
And if you don't Basically. want to sign up to the mailing list, at EM World we have, so we'll tell you what's going on. So Yeah, we, <laughs> we, we know what's going on. So if you really don't want to, but yeah, that's how you get the latest news from them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm but intrigued I'm, to see I'm, what changes they make. Yeah. Um, especially mm. with you two, because you play the system, so you'll know it quite well. So I think there'll be opinions I mean, on this podcast about changes. It, like, it's not that complex a system. It's, mm. it's fine. Like, it, mm. just, it just works. You don't have to think about it. Yeah, I'm just, still not 100% sold on the way meta currency is used in it because I just feel like it's too easy come, easy go that it might as well not be there. Are you hoping that'll change in the second edition? Yeah. Then? For, 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 for listener reference, both myself and my wife, who are players in this game, are like, oh, that will give us lots of bonuses. These are basically like Benny's from Savage Worlds. So we will take the option that enables us to absolutely farm them. So Russ is like, eh, it's too easy to get hold of. No, Russ, it's not too easy to get hold of. Normally, it's when you don't have two players sitting opposite you. <laughs> you are offering it. <laughs> yeah. But do you think it's a like... lot of players of Star Trek RPGs are those kind of players, though? Maybe. That's not my problem. I think there's just a little bit of arbitrariness about them. It's like sometimes oh. you're charged for extra information in terms of in terms of momentum points and sometimes you're not and it's just kind of like if you've got a lot then the gym might just tax you some of them sort of thing and i don't quite like that aspect of the system mm. i think it could just be tightened a little structured a little more i think mm. Mm. peter but is, still, there, we'll is, see. is there anything you would like to change about it or you would like to see in second edition um it sounds like you're pretty happy with it to be honest so i'm not sure yeah, I, I like it oh yeah 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 like uh it 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 works. I'm able to happily yeah. role play. Fair enough. Mm. No strong feelings or requests. Yeah, it's a well-designed system. In that sometimes I feel like I am a Star Trek engineer and/or security person, an operations person, as it were. We can do both. But you are one, Peter. Yeah, yeah I know, but yeah. like not, not, but in the game. That, that's oh, in the game as well. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, okay. so like, yeah, so obviously I know precisely what I'm talking about because, as everyone knows, I'm a Star Trek operation officer. Yeah, in real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah precisely. Yeah, I mean, right. uh, yeah. So like, you know, it, it's hitting the emotional experiences that I want to have, and the rules seem set up to support that. Mm. So there's nothing crashingly. There's no. There's no game breaking stuff. It's like, yeah, it's it's well designed, and it seems like it's a good fit for our group, um, except for us, who is miserable about everything all times that is completely untrue except and unfounded except for dogs and batman dogs batman <laughs> no there are other things i like and star trek i like star trek you know i like star trek i'm a big star I love trek how fan. there was a big pause oh. of, there, are, there are other things i like <laughs> there are other things i like <laughs> yeah, yeah you, i will think of some anyway <laughs> dogs batman star trek and curry and lager those are things that I like. What a Friday evening. <laughs> <laughs> He's got it all planned now. Is that, is that your Friday evening? I mean, that is not a bad Friday evening, yeah. I've got to say. Watch some Star Trek with the dogs, have a curry and a drink. Wait. Yeah. All right. That's all right to me. All right. Well, I'm yeah, going to have a wonderful <laughs> evening. I'm going to sit and read, uh, reread the uh, adventure path on this again. So mm. that's, my, that's my thing. Anyway. Okay. Anyway, that was Star Trek. Anyway, there is, I look there is forward new to Star hearing Trek more about that. It might be worth just having a little chat about it when it comes out, because I'm mm. intrigued. Intrigued. But Modifius haven't just been talking about Star Trek, you know? What else have they been doing? They've been scheming. 
scheming with the estate of author Sir Terry Pratchett. Wow. For mm. Brand the Discworld series. So there's a tabletop RPG coming to Kickstarter this year, Discworld Adventures in Ankh Morpork. Mm. And uh. I know there is already an RPG for Discworld. I don't think it's in print, but there was... It was a really old GURPS one, I think yeah, yeah. there was. Uh. I, I, I've never seen or played it or anything. I know a lot of people really a... like it, and it's got that silly ridiculousness to it. I think there's one where you make a D1000 roll or something to see if something happen. you know. So I think mm. a lot of people... I've not played it, but I've seen people online because I was, I was reading up on it, and a lot of people that have played the GURPS one are really happy with it and are a bit worried about this new kind of edition. I don't know much about it, is it? I'm guessing it's using the Modiphius system for well, it? Well, actually, they, but we don't know. They they, they did a... They, they opened a discussion um, asking people what s- rule systems... They did a survey. Okay. So, sort of aimed at Discworld fans. Um, and they were asking mm. people, like, what sort of rule systems they preferred. So... Maybe that's a hint that maybe it's not locked into 2D20. I don't know. Interesting. But who knows? Who knows? I mean, it's... Uh, what do you think? Try Trying to support Discworld mm. as a role-playing game, mm. that's, that is quite an ask. Mm. Okay, so magic is something players generally want in an RPG. Mm-hmm. Magic in Discworld is deliberately, it's wild. It's just, like, just full-on crazy. You maybe have wizards that shoot things out of their staff, but you also have the witches. You have to consider them. You've got the fae. You have to consider them. You also have to consider the fact that dragons cannot exist because there's not enough magic to go on. Yeah, you've got golems as well. Uh, it's like werewolves, the whole nine yards. It's There's a lot of stuff. And you've mm. also got to support a wide variety of tones. You've got to support investigation because yeah. that's... Like, you know, the Guards series of books, that's amazing. But yeah. Like, to a lesser extent, I think the Witches as well, but like... I guess it depends on how expansive uh, the initial release is, though. Yeah, I'm wondering they could, if they, they do it They focus it in a bit, maybe, and then... They do it by book, yeah. maybe. Yeah. So... I don't know. I don't know. I'm glad it's not my job, because it sounds like an absolute mare to try and implement. Yeah. I think okay. the humour, the humour side of it, and I think that's kind of the same with Monty Python, that although you can... Sort of write in the book, lean mm. into the humour and give and put lots of jokes in the rule book. Yeah, the humour at the game table has to come from the players and the GM themselves, doesn't it? Yeah. So uh, and it's very hard to do because mm. for some people, Dardarist humour, which is basically humour that comes from um, surreal and just like, oh, this is like the humour that comes from shouting fruit bat at people. Um, is 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 like fine, but it's not Terry Pratchett humour. Yeah. So writing writing comedy is hard. Writing comedy is super There's hard. There's only a few of us geniuses that can do that. <laughs> mm, mm, yes. Yes, um, we've we've seen this week's sketch. <laughs> right, 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 writing comedy intentionally is very hard. Yeah, um, I agree with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It's oh, I mean, I'll be interested to see what comes out, but. Mm. It's... I'm going to be. Inter- I'm very interested. Yeah, no. yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a huge Pratchett nerd. Well, I don't know. There's a lot of bigger Pratchett nerds than I, but yeah, you know, hmm. I just really like the books. They're really good. Mm. Yeah. No, I'm not. Yeah. I'm just. I don't know if I ever sat down and said to myself, "Yes, this would be improved by being a tabletop role playing game." I think. I think a lot of I mean, people. There's a lot of shows mm. that I've seen that. I thought, oh yeah, I would totally mm. role play this. Discworld, and certainly yeah. like. 
certainly the the movies have like the like the the, the Sky series and so forth. Oh, they've looked yeah. wrong. So so D and D five E then. It'll be done in D&D oh. No, I was going to yeah, say sure. that. Was like, as soon as you said they put it in the corner, I was like, oh gosh. And then everyone said, just do it in 5 me. Um, oh, well, there's obviously the alternative, which is to empowered by the apocalypse, because mm-hmm. the creators of Apocalypse World. Uh, oh, like, I don't think there's anything like, mechanically like in this world earth. that needs a specialist. Does, that, it's, it's, it's the tone mm-hmm. more than anything else. Yeah. The, mag- the magic rules, uh, I think. Yeah. And the I, humor I doesn't come from the rules, does it? It comes from no. the no, that's true, situations I, and the settings and the characters. I think the way magic is in the world doesn't work with the way magic is in Five E, in my mind. Mm. Like Peter was saying, like it's yeah. wild and unpredictable, and it's not. Yeah, was in Five E. Magic yeah. is more controlled and precise, and you have yeah. I I don't know. I'm looking forward to seeing pointer. it. Yeah, but yeah. I think Peter, a lot of people show your apprehension because I was having a scroll about on the internet mm. where people talk about things. They do. And a lot of people are a bit apprehensive because they love, for exactly the same things you're saying, Mm. love the disc world and they're like, ooh, I wonder how you do this well. That's a really difficult thing to do. Mm. But I'm excited about it and I'll definitely have a look when it uh, goes live. Mm. Mm. So I'm very very interested. Yeah, yeah. I know, and it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, they'll do a good job. They They do. I mean, yeah. Yeah, we love Star Trek like, as we've mentioned. Whatever, so. whatever, whatever else it is, it will be a nice coffee table, pretty coffee table book that's that covers this world yeah. and would definitely be sort of something you can sit and browse through and enjoy. I reckon. Yeah, if it's got a nice setting section on yeah. um, Mike Morpork and things, then yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a it's a hard one, but yeah, yeah. Uh, they do have a, they do have a track record of implementing franchises to. Uh, so does, they license a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and most of the time it proves popular mm-hmm. well whilst we were talking saying that maybe 5e isn't the best fit for this or I said mm. that sorry I don't want to say we don't want to put words in both of your mouths but that's what I think that gives me a segue to talk about Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> we won't talk about uh, Vecna because that'll be we'll talk about that in a bit later, that'll be, let, we'll talk about that later tweet. in more detail but a little yeah. bit of news is D&D Beyond they have done an mm. update um, mm. so you know their VTT maps feature that they have that we talked about before mm. so they've done some updates on that so they've updated the user interface um, they've um, included like different tokens fog yeah. um, and they're like confirming but, that enhancement of support you know is coming I think they've done is they, they they've added basic functionality to it though. Well, All the stuff that they've added is kind of basic stuff that you expect from a VTT. Well, it's there now. So well, it's there now, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 And in fairness, when it came up before, they were very transparent about what it was. They're like, yeah, it's literally just yeah, yeah. yeah. So no, they're adding... fair, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, okay, fair. It's a work in progress, and it was. So they have yeah. added those features that Russ was expecting from the beginning. There now, oh. <laughs> and uh, yeah. and they've confirmed that. They're continuing to support and do this, so I imagine this will be an evolving thing. It's going to be really interesting to see how this relates to their three D virtual tabletop. Like they're going to have two. Yeah, we've talked about this before, haven't we? Yeah, they're going to have two virtual tabletops. Well, I wonder if one will be free and one will be paid for. Which is like fair enough. The one on the site is free and you can use it, and it does all the standard things you'd want to. But Mm. if you want the really nice version, you have to pay for it. Which yeah, maybe maybe. is yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's interesting. So what were they added? They've added um, a spectator mode. Cool. For mm-hmm. it can be used either as a player view on a separate monitor in person. Mm-hmm. So if you rather than a, a, a Chessex battle map or something, mm-hmm. or with mm-hmm. the streaming stuff, 
um, a spectator mode. They mm-hmm. added a draw tool, freehand drawing on the map, which, Ooh. you know, kind of essential, I think, for this sort of thing. Yeah. A pointer. You can now rename tokens. It's all kind of, you know, basic, um, you know. Mm. It's nothing new that any other VTT doesn't have. So it's not. Yeah, yeah. but it's stuff it needed. But it's on the site, and I know some people are using it, and. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also had some products on their back catalogue and some third party content in there as well, like pre made maps and things like that. And they have said that they they are open to third party other people and in talks with people. They say, I'm inviting, and I quote, many third parties to the party. Oh. Interesting. At the moment, they've got like three, haven't they? Mm. Mm. I wonder who those many are and what the process is. Who is going to get tipped with the golden scepter? Yes. Yeah. Well, I would have thought normally, like, um, someone like Kerbal Press would be like first in line for that sort of thing because they're, you know, they're in Seattle. They know, they all know each other and things like that. But I think because now they're doing their Black Flag stuff. I think Tells maybe the they've kind of positioned themselves yeah. in a place where they're probably not going to be working with Wizards so much anymore now. Yeah. Do you think that's why they haven't approached us as well? Because of Level Up? Uh, yeah, that's the it. reason. Yeah. That's <laughs> the reason. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, not because um, they don't yeah. know who we are. Yeah, I think, I think what they're kind of doing is looking at the Kickstarter charts and just like looking at the million dollar 5e Kickstarters and you know, approaching those people. Yep. Like Ghostwind and um, the Humble people and, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah, goes fire, sorry, not goes wind, yeah. Um, I think that's kind of the approach they're taking at the moment. Yeah, just focusing on the most profitable things Mm. because, you know, more profits. More money. That's what they want, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Which which does bring us, (laughs) indeed, uh, well, may you make it rain, Jessica. Well, may you make (laughs) it rain. Uh, (laughs) But, yeah, that that, that does, if if we may segue slightly. uh, Yeah, let's segue. I love a segue. I I hadn't realised you were such a fan of uh, novel modes of transport. I am. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, sadly, it, I note that Wizards of the Coast has stopped supporting Portuguese as a language for books. Oh, not like, not like the country and the people of Portugal. They're like, no, we're against that. Just the language. Um, like, to, 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 to be honest, no offence to our Portuguese listeners, but I don't think it would have quite the same impact if they're like, now we're not supporting Portugal anymore. This is more about Brazil. This is more about the very large, very, yeah, yeah, very Brazil, popular, yeah. thriving game market in Brazil. Yeah. Which was this case like, nah, we're good. Um, I, I was looking it up to find a supporting statement, and they only basically in like 2022 started supporting stuff in Brazil through hmm. uh, Portuguese, and now they're stopping. So. I think yeah. there were some conversations oh. about how do you price books in that market so it's accessible for people in the market, but then it's still you know, mm. is the price globally, and there was yeah. the difficulty with that. Um, yeah. But yeah. I mean, what they said is that the Portuguese language product sales have not kept pace with rising costs across the board. Mm. Is, the, is the reason they gave. Maybe, so, from what I... And I don't know if this is just my perspective, but a lot of Brazilian TTRPGs, I think not everyone's as big into D&D. I think there's more variety. Because when I oh, hear people talking about games... So maybe it's that there's a lot of TTRPG players, but they're not just all focused on D and D. Yeah, it's like in Japan, it's Call of Cthulhu is the big one, and in Germany, it's the Dark Eye, and you know, it's not. I I think I think if I remember correctly, and this may just be me being wrong, but I remember that the biggest when we had, I think it was uh, Little Red Dot on. uh, They were talking about the Torment or something. Tormentor, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I recall about that being too. The most popular yeah. stream 
in Portuguese. So oh, yeah, okay. mm. yeah, yeah. So like English language streaming is fairly big, but that Portuguese yeah. language stream was noticeably more sizable. So yeah, it's I think, quite yeah, important. I think it's yeah. like kind of important to realise that a lot of stuff goes on in languages other than English, which kind of aren't necessarily on our radar because we don't speak mm. those languages. Mm. And those things are often big. Yeah. Uh, but just not, not you know, in our particular, mm. you know, little 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 sphere that yeah, we were yeah. able to, yeah. But, um, I mean, they're still doing English, obviously French, German, Italian, and Japanese, and Spanish. Yeah, yeah. Th- um, they, those are, like, yeah. Spanish will reach the rest of South America so, mm. yeah, and Central America as well. So, yeah, so I mean, they, and, and Portuguese is still Fizban's Treasury, Journey to the Radiant Citadel, and uh, Shadow of the Dragon Queen will all still be in Portuguese, but after mm. that, mm. that's mm. when they stop. Mm. Yeah, I mean, translation is something that's been very much on my mind lately, um, and I'm hoping to get a French version of uh, Crafting Heritage's. And cultures out there, uh, it's I'm working with someone, but yeah, it's uh, it's a it's it's an expensive process. So I will be interested to see how it works because I'm pretty sure I don't have anyone who, we don't have anyone listening who like would run a game in French. Like I, I, I would not run a game in French. I would not run a game in French. I can speak well, a little I, bit I, of I basic. Know, I could certainly try, but it would not be a good game. I know, would, to, good <laughs> I know how to go around France, find the library, and order food and drink, and that's my ooh, level. Ooh, 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 la bibliothèque. <laughs> um. <laughs> I remember my GCSE French. Okay, let's... Um... <laughs> Je m'appelle Jean-Claude. That's not your name. That's <laughs> the thing you should know. That's not the translation <laughs> bit. <laughs> when... It... Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's certainly certainly fun because there's like a bit of a funnel where you have to have someone who speaks French as a native speaker speaks English to mm. speak to, then knows TTRPGs really well, it's an, yeah, and then like you know, is prepared to like translate them and can also do things like help with the crowdfunding and kickstarting. Mm. So yeah, um, I do have a partner lined up, but uh, yeah, I think that's why I uh, love. TTRP's license to a local publisher mm. end up doing that because it's yeah because yeah. of I all the things uh, you I just mean, said. We, yeah. get, we quite often get people contacting us saying, "Do we, you know, want their services mm. to translate it into X country's language and so forth?" But usually, mm. what they're offering is literally just to translate the words. Mm. Yeah, and unfortunately, it does require completely laying out the book and everything. So yeah. basically, what you need is a licensed partner who is actually able to publish an edition. From yes. start to finish, in that country, yes, or in that language, yes. So they need to be able to do the layout and the printing. You know, they basically said, you know, it just needs to be, be a, a publisher. Yeah. Yes. yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a okay. translator you're looking after, looking for. It's a publisher who can translate for you. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, good fun. Which is makes it an order of difficulty harder. Yeah, um, like certainly your options are very slim. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, I suppose if you're Wizards of the Coast, possibly not, you know. I imagine they've got, that's they've got resources popular, yeah, yeah. far exceeding but, ours. So. But then they can just spend billions of dollars, or well, probably not even billions of dollars, like, you know, a couple of hundred thousand, and that will get you getting quite happy. Well, they bought a lot of their translation in-house, didn't they? Yeah, like yeah. a year yeah. or two ago. Because yeah. I remember there was some complaints about some translation licenses being cancelled. 
Mm. I can't remember where now. Was it like Germany or somewhere? I can't remember where. Or was I it France? Remember, I can't remember where. I could believe um, that, yeah. It was somewhere in Europe, though. Um, mm. And um, it, it, it transpired that they're bringing the translation in-house rather mm. than licensing them out. Which, you know, if you're a size of wizards, you've probably, you know, you've got the resources to do that. Yeah. But it's anyway. intimidating for small publishers, mm. but yeah. yeah. I think it's anyway, worth yeah. doing. Mm. No but, more Portuguese D&D is the uh, upshot of that. Sad mm. times. Um, speaking mm. of D&D, uh, Gary Gygax, uh-huh. he's, he's, news, Gary Gygax. <laughs> he's related to D&D, I'm not sure if you were. Um, but no, uh, so Luke Gygax. Luke Gygax, yeah. Is, uh, also with Al- Alphineus, is it Alphineus or Alphinus? Alphineus Goo. It is Alphineus, okay. Mm-hmm. Alphineus Goo, uh, so they are announcing a box set adventure, in tribute to Gary, which is the tomb of uh, Guys and Gax. <laughs> Guys in guys in gags, yes. Because I I said guys and gags. Guys and gags, I got to yeah. Is that, I think that I don't I don't know I don't know. So it's, it's a it's a fantasy word. Exactly. So before because I because I'm I'm dyslexic and also there's fancy words. So when I was recording this week in tabletop to RPG this morning, I went online to because when I don't know a word, I'm like, oh, luckily I can go online and I'll listen to a video of someone saying it. Brilliant. There were three different ways loads of different people said it in senior positions and RPGs that should know, and I, so I've just gone with uh, guys and gags. I think the only people who would know are, in fact, Luke Gygax and Alphineas Goo, who would I, know for sure. I didn't find a video of Luke saying the word. Uh, that's okay. originally what I looked for, but mm. I could not find that. But anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's basically Gygax with Zane in the middle. Z-A-E-N stuck in the middle. Yeah, that's why. But anyway. Anyway, it's currently live on Kickstarter is what I was trying to get the point to say. Yes. <laughs> However okay. you pronounce it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, but yeah, so that's quite, quite a, you know, so it's a box set for that and it's quite, that's quite a classic, you know, that's, I think it's got a lot of the classic tropes in it. I haven't had a look at the Kickstarter page and full backed mm. it yet, but um, so yeah. What it, what it basically is, it's a, it's kind of a tribute to not just Gary Gygax, who is obviously um, Luke Gygax's dad, mm-hmm. or was Luke Gygax's dad, passed away you know, some years ago, but also to a lot of D&D's legacy of creators. So what we've got here is an adventure and a setting. I'm not sure. I mean, like, it's about searching for the, what happened to the great wizard Garold Geisengax, not Gary Gygax at all. I don't no. know why. I don't know whether that's a sort of um, IP licensing thing, because I know they've been disputes with um, Gail Gygax, who is um, Gary Gygax's late, late wife, about the rights to use the name, even though Gygax is, in fact, Luke's last name. So I don't know if that's anything to do with it, or whether they just thought Gary Gygax is too on the nose. Garold Gax is a bit more fantasy. I don't know why. That's it's called fun. that. Oh, it's just a bit of fun, yeah. yeah. Um, so basically, this great wizard, Garold Gax, um disappeared. Um, there's a tomb of Geisengax and um, in the adventure you go into it and you can encounter the ghost of Garold Geisengax. Um, it's very, it's, it's old school, traps, riddles, you know, dungeon crawling, that sort of thing. Um, lots and lots of Easter eggs and nods to D&D's history. Loads of NPCs, which are based on like D&D's historical creators. People like Ed Greenwood and Tim Cask and Errol Otis and Peter Rackerson and people like that um, are all in there with kind of like, you know, um, sort of, illustrated versions of them as as various npcs so it's very much a, it's, it's, it's a bit telling cheek so as, as i can make it out it's a you know it's not a 100 percent serious thing it's a bit mm. telling cheek easter eggs a few jokes old school and it's doing really 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 well it's done over a quarter of a million already oh nice 
I haven't actually looked at the campaign. I just saw it was out, and I know. Yeah. I know many people. And it's not cheap. It's not cheap. There is that. So, um, oh yeah, the so, digital edition is fifty five dollars. Well, that's just the adventure. So there's an adventure and a campaign setting. So digital editions, the adventure, the PDF is fifty five dollars, and the setting is one hundred thirty five. And then if you want them both, it's one hundred eighty five. So one hundred eighty five for the digital version of this. Um, what they're doing here, it looks like they're just not like the the physical is two hundred and the yeah. digital is one hundred eighty five. They're just not discounting the digital all that much off the off the physical. Interesting. It looks like uh, their pricing strategy here. Because the physical, it comes with a lot of stuff. There's cards and books and handouts and poster maps and, you know, there's a, there's a box full of stuff. It looks like, as a result, not many people are getting the digital only. The majority of people are getting... Um... Well, if you're only paying an extra $15 or so, you might as well, I suppose. That's why, yeah, I see why yeah. everyone's got that... Uh... Yeah, that looks pretty cool. It looks pretty cool. Um, it's for Five E. It's for Old School Essentials, and mm-hmm. um, they say and similar systems. Mm, nice. Yeah. Does it have a level range? Yeah. So, oh, this is interesting. They call it a mega adventure. Oh yes, yeah. But or the adventure is sixty pages. Is yeah, sixty, 60 pages, and yeah. for six to eight level characters. So, mega adventure is maybe a strong term. I think in my, it's an adventure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's fairly long. The set is mega. It's a mega set containing an adventure and other things, I think. uh, uh, Yeah, I mean, often an adventure for practical purposes is like a little vignette as part of a, like, you know, set for H level characters, say. Mm. And it's like, there's no guarantee of leveling up. Whereas it sounds like this. So, yeah, it's definitely an adventure, but it's Mm. probably mega adventure, maybe it was having it, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. yeah, I think the mega part. I think mega is appropriate when applied to the entire box set and all the stuff you get in there. Though mm-hmm. it does so, sound pretty mega. Mm, yeah, it's pretty cool. It is mm. pretty cool. Yes. Tomb of Guys and Gax. Yes. Uh, shall we talk about something that isn't D and D? Yes. Sure. Yes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a little too enthusiastic of me, Peter. Mm. Yes, please carry uh, on. Uh, yes, yes, our good friends at Shades of Vengeance are doing a Kickstarter. You remember Ed Jarrett, don't you, Russ? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, he's a producer, Error Kaiju, which uses a default dice system to let you be a Godzilla-like monster as you rampage around uh, causing trouble. So, yeah, that's pretty pretty fun. That does sound like uh, something I would do. I, I mean, I could definitely see the attraction for it. Uh, so, yeah, uh, whack a link in the show notes so you can have a look. I've always wanted to be a Godzilla-like monster. I mean, I can think of worse ways to spend the Friday night. <laughs> um, <laughs> you all know the idea of Star also... Trek curry and dogs, but oh, there yeah, we so go. I can think of better ways to spend the <laughs> yes, uh, okay. Have we discovered something else that Russ enjoys? <laughs> Amazing. I've never tried it, to be fair. I mean, I just imagine being a Godzilla-like kaiju monster would be fun, but, you know, yeah. until I've actually tried it, I can't say for certain. Mm, I mean, right. I've got to say, like, fair play to it, it's going great guns. Nearly two thousand pounds sixteen days ago. Yeah, it's nice. yeah, you, you get a lot of monster. Mm. There's lots like it's got a light version as well. Pocket rule book. Big fan um, mm. of the error system, and because um, yeah. mm. I mean, can you ever have enough D10 system? D10 dice pool systems. Um, no, I like, I like it. a D10. If you, had, if you had seven, seven might be enough. Do you yeah. know? I like a D10. 
I do yeah. also like a D12, though. D12 is the best one. I like the D12. There's something satisfying mm. about the shape of a D12 to me. Wow. And the heft of a D12. If you like a D12, let me tell you, there's a playtest oh. you can get yourself involved in. Oh, really? So, Critical Role. Uh, so, Darren Press, that's the publishing mm-hmm. arm of Critical Role. Uh, they're opening playtests for Daggerheart, which is the mm-hmm. RPG that they're releasing next year in 2025. Uh, mm-hmm. They're starting playtests for it on March the 12th yeah. of this year. Yeah, so the game uses cards and two D12s. Yeah, um, one D12 so, represents hope and one represents fear. Yes, the duality oh. of hope and fear. Mm, um, yes. So if you're interested in playtesting and having a look at that, um, yeah, you can sign up for that and it's starting on March the 12th. So Yeah, yeah. I'm intrigued. Cool. I'll, I'll have a little look at that because I'm intrigued by it. Yeah. But yeah, this is not I to mean, be confused by Dagger in the Heart, which was is live on Kickstarter at the moment by the folks who bought us the Die RPG. Oh, Kieran Gillen and that lot. Yes. Was it uh, Rowan, Rick, and Deckard? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, so, so good, um, but yeah. Rowan, Rick, and Deckard. Yeah. The yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, mm. This is not that. This is Daggerheart from Critical yeah. Role. Yes, yeah. but I just, because I saw that Kickstarter and someone who mentioned, they're like, oh, and I was like, that's, it's a different thing. Um, <laughs> they're both RPGs mm. and they both feature daggers and hearts, but. Mm. Yeah, we, we, we have had, we have had that problem with naming of Kickstarters because there was Tales of the Valiant GM Guide and. The Valiant superhero RPG, both of which were mm-hmm. attempting to end at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So but, I hope there weren't people too confused. But Dagger in the Heart is also live on uh, Backer Kit, not Kickstarter, I apologise. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's a different platform then. So different platform. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's live uh, currently and doing very well. They've almost oh, reached 100,000 Great British Pounds nearly. But, but sticking right. sticky on Dagger Heart for the moment. Yeah, go yeah. back to Dagger Heart, not Dagger <laughs> in the Heart. Yeah. <laughs> Just to confuse it. Stay, yeah. on, stay on target. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So difficult. Okay, sorry. <laughs> What's that? Shiny thing? Where? Where? <laughs> <laughs> so it's coming out 2025. Mm-hmm. Daggerheart. Yes. Nice. Um, a lot of people have been touting this as a D&D killer or a D&D rival. I don't think it's going to be that, but I think it's going to be, you know, fairly, it's a, fairly it's popular. It's a fancy RPG, so role. I get why yeah, the comparison's yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very different to D&D in terms of yeah. mechanics and stuff. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, it's, uh, it's not a spin uh, on that. I mean, indie creators will compare literally anything to D&D, and I just... But, I find that very strange. So. There's no such thing in the industry as a, as a viable D&D competitor, really, at all. No. Um, and this, this it's, probably won't be one either, but that's no. not the point. It doesn't yeah. have to compete with D&D. It just has to do well for itself. Yeah, yes. it, it can be very successful in its own terms. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, You just got to view D&D as being separate to the industry almost in a way when you think about this mm. sort of thing mm. because it's just it's almost not relevant to what you're doing because you can't affect it in yeah. any way and you can't, you know. Well, well I mean... It's relevant, but you still have to keep an eye on it. It's like, you mm. know, there you are sailing along in your little little yacht. You know, sorry, um, we all live near Southampton. So like and then little, the Titanic steams past. Yeah, or a cruise ship or a container ship. And there you are, mm. like, you know, out in the middle of the sun going, oh, dear, I'd best keep an eye on that. There might be a bit of uh, a... <laughs> mm, the sea might get a bit choppy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> an enormous thing goes past you. Yeah. And you want to avoid um, stalling out directly in its path. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't go over you and won't even notice. So I'm just yeah. looking at this um, game system, though. I don't mm-hmm. know much about it, and I think you can actually. I think there is more information about it um, out there that you can you, you mm. can look at. But um, yeah. this is just kind of what's easily able to find. Mm-hmm. So you got two d12s, mm-hmm. and one's called the hope die, and one's called the fear die. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. And then in addition to these dice, you have cards, mm. and you have ancestry and community cards. Yeah. Which, as far as I can make out, are basically heritage and culture. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and then you have subclass and domain cards. 
which looked okay. like cl- yeah, class and maybe archetype of some kind, sort yeah. of. And these are analogies, obviously. They're not yeah, yeah. they're not those things because it's not D and D. But yeah, yeah. that's kind kind of how I'm reading that. But yeah. I guess we'll find out that it's on well Tuesday, March the twelfth. That's what two weeks oh. away. Mm. Sweet. We'll find out for sure. Yeah, yeah, should be interesting. Yeah, Indeed. yeah. Okay, what else we got? I've got. Have either of you played the? I played about ten years ago the Pathfinder card game. There was that was like an adventure no. yeah. card game. Because I really enjoyed that, and I played that. That was a good one, actually. Yeah. Yeah. There is a new Pathfinder um, cooperative deck building game coming out. So Catalyst Game Labs and Paizo are creating Ooh. a game called Runefire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it's, okay. I don't have a lot of details about it, but it's co- a cooperative deck building game. It's based on Pathfinder again, so in that setting and world. And they're doing a crowdfunding campaign this year. So I was intrigued by that because I really liked the previous Pathfinder was it card what game. was it called? Card, was it is it adventure card game or? I couldn't tell you. Uh, it was like a decade ago. I played it, but you had mm. some yeah. character and you and um, yeah, and, and there you, was like little but, yeah, uh, you could go in different directions, mm. and they had it set out so that you try and get to try and recover something from a deck, yeah, because you knew the card you were after was in that deck, and you were overcoming challenges and obstacles exactly. Mm. At the same time, while well, there was a bigger deck that was also running down the clock. Yeah. So it actually did something that's very hard, which is it made mm. splitting up essential, which is sort of the antithesis of role-playing games in general, giving the spotlight to individual players, mm-hmm. but also made it so that you still had to like work together and yeah. benefit that way, which you know, I was very impressed by it. Yeah. They did have a lot of the feel of a role-playing game. So Absolutely yeah. did, because you also yeah. like improved your character over time and brought your character back and your uh, deck back and things. So so I'm intrigued nice. by this one as well, because I've been impressed yeah. by Pathfinder deck building games in the past. Mm-hmm. So I will be taking a look at Room 5 when it comes out. Okay. Okay. Can I ask a really stupid question? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's a deck building game? That's not... I know it's a stupid question. I know it's like every, everybody should know jump, that, no, but no, I don't no. know. No, I'm going to jump in and say that's not a stupid mm. question at no. all. Um, so it's a type of board game where you have a. I'm trying to think of a good immediate definition. Peter might be better at this than me, but Ooh, so you have a uh, so you have a deck of mm. cards that are yours, yeah. and on your turn, generally you'll play some of those cards to do abilities and things, and over time you'll get mm. more cards that go into your deck, and so you cycle through your deck that way, and you're building it. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so you're building your deck up, so you're adding things to your deck mm. of cards that you can use to do things. Is that um, okay? So, so magic. Would you say that's a deck builder? Because there is an element of building a deck in the first place. But I don't feel it. From I don't feel it's quite, quite what you're describing. Because you're acquiring. It's yeah. like magic. It's like a deck of magic cards, which you're acquiring cards in when play. We, is that have you played Dominion? That, that is yeah. like the that, first. Mm. When we played that board game, and there was silk and silk like road. iron and stuff that had elements similar to a deck builder. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was. Okay. I wouldn't describe it as a deck. Well, yeah. Know, it's, quite yeah good. it's got elements I mean, it's of it. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd, but yeah. If it's you want to play, it's a, a specific builder, sort of game. One of my favourite mm. deck builders. Well, Tyrants of the Underbar has a deck building element in it as well as area control, mm. so I like that. And I also like. I'm just trying to find it because I've forgotten the name of it. Is it called Ar- Arctic Scavengers? That is a lovely deck builder I have as well. Yes. Yes. Right. More news. Yes, well, in more somber news, I put a uh, link in the chat that you can have a look at, which is for I mean Casey Stevens, who oh, is yeah. obviously um, still in a battle with cancer, 
mm-hmm. has moved on to requiring radiation therapy. Mm-hmm. Yep. As they live in the States, then Owen needs uh, money, basically, yeah. to help pay for this. And so he's got a GoFundMe going. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, he's, it's, it's going well, like 38,000 of the 150,000 that I thought I would... Uh, yeah. Yeah, spread yeah. The word. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, if you've ever played Pathfinder or any mm. of Green Running stuff or... Oh, so much stuff. Like, oh, there's no yeah. point even starting to this because Owen has been around for, like, 20-plus years in the industry yeah. and has, you know, has, has his footprints on so many different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you almost if you if you've played RPGs, you have probably touched on something that Owen has worked on. Mm-hmm. You know, people say like a veteran designer, but he's like a you know he's one he's one he's one mm. of those he's one of those people that is is, is going you're gonna he's done a lot of seminal work in the film. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. So if you're able you know, to I'd, donate to that, that would yeah, be absolutely great. yeah yeah yeah. Um, I mean, we found out about his diagnosis what a year ago or so. I think it was now. Mm. It yeah. feels like a year. And he's been he's been battling cancer for for a while while now. So yeah, and I mean, if you do fancy it, then uh, Samurai Sheepdog Games it has like a bot like a boss a book of boss encounters. Mm. So if you would like to donate that way rather than giving directly, it's very possible to do so, and that will uh, all the proceeds of that go to uh, Owen. Yeah, so, Owen also yeah. has a Patreon and other yes. things as well. So if you want yeah. to you know support him in those ways you can also do that absolutely yeah okay i think that is all uh, the news i think I it's have. done the news okay anyone have any more news that's yes. a decent solid news section that actually. i know yeah. this week had stuff which was nice compared to last week which was really <laughs> yeah less <stuff. laughs> like two books yes. came out i was like oh my gosh fewer stuffs <laughs> yeah did you hear the great Archlich, Skullinor, has arisen again and seeks to crush the multiverse. Again? Didn't we just defeat that foul fiend, you know, a year ago? Aye, not for the first time. Don't forget how he ended his foul schemes back in the year of the duck. Yeah, he just keeps popping up. Oh, like a foul smell. Ah, oh, we must end him this time, once and for all. Oh, indeed. Lest he return again to darken our days anew. Oh, bit fancy there, friend rogue. Just trying to add a little gravitas to the situation. Gravitas? Yeah, you know, when you are tossed asunder by whimsical forces. Um, I don't think that's right, but yeah, never mind. <laughs> uh, so what are we going to do about Skullinor? Why do all these villains have such dumb names? Oh, no, right? Skullinor? Bit on the nose. Am I right? If he even had a nose. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so funny. Oh, good one, friend wizard. I think that's it. You you think what's it? The nose of Skullinor. We just established he doesn't have a nose. Oh, that's the whole point. Have you never heard the legend? Oh, yes. The nose of Skullinor, a powerful artefact. It has been sought by brave adventurers for centuries. If we can find the nose of Skullinor, we will finally be able to defeat him once and for all. Why? Why? What does it do? Well, it grants the wearer powerful abilities. Wait, wait. Um, hang on. What did you say? Powerful abilities? No, no. Before that. Uh, sought by brave adventurers. 
No, after that. Grants its wearer? Yeah, that bit. It grants its wearer. Oh, yes. Well, one must wear the nose of Skullinor in order to use its magic. Huh? And how does one wear the nose of Skullinor? Well, legend has it that you must uh, cut off your own nose and wear this one in its place. What? Well, I'm not doing that. Walking around with the rotting nose of a lich strapped to your face? No, thank you. Hmm. Um, what special powers does it grant you, anyway? Oh, uh, I mean, I'm not sure. I, I think it grants you supernatural senses. What? So you can smell him coming? Uh, yeah, something like that. No, 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 no. We are not seeking out the nose of Scullin. <sighs> fine, fine. I, I mean, I think there are other options. Oh, good, good. Tell us the other options, my friend. Well, there's the toe of Skullinor. Which does uh, what? Okay, well, you have you have to cut off your own toe and graft this one in its place. Right. And it renders you immune to uh, stubbing damage. Stubbing damage. Yeah, you know, you, you know when, you, when you stub your toe. How, how does that help? Well, every little helps, my friend. Everybody knows that. Oh, no, no. What, what else is there? Okay, um... Oh, the appendix of Skullinor. Oh, yeah. Which does what? Oh, well, it's absolutely nothing. Oh, uh, figures. Are they all body parts? Um, yes. Uh, yeah, yes, they are. Ah. Uh, do, do we have a plan which doesn't involve hunting down and recovering the long-lost body part of an evil undead Superman? And then grafting it in place of one of our own. Um, no. I mean, th- this guy is pretty body part themed heavy. Uh, who who writes this stuff? Uh, isn't there just some ancient ritual that we can use to banish him? Yeah, or some weapon we can use against him. Uh, preferably one which doesn't involve seeking out his armpit. The armpit of Skullinor. Oh, I've, I've not heard of that one. Yeah, because I just made it up. I mean, I mean, I studied the legends of Skullinar back in wizard school. <laughs> I mean, but, but the armpit was never mentioned. There, there is no armpit. Oh, I dread to think what terrible powers it might possess. I mean, it, it must be powerful to be kept so secret. Oh. Look, look, it, 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 it was just a rhetorical flourish for the sake of illustration. Well, I think it's decided. Yes, I mean, we shall seek out the armpit of Skullinor and use its dreaded power to defeat him once and for all. Oh no, what have I done? Ah, uh, you pointed us towards victory, my friend. We shall be forever in your debt. As will the world. Indeed, the entire multiverse. But there is no armpit of Skullinor. Wait, do you not? want us to find the armpit of Skullinor. What? No, 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 look. Yeah, yeah, why are you trying to dissuade us? Has he gotten to you? Oh, come (laughs) on. He hasn't gotten to me. I'm just trying to say that there is no armpit of Skullinor. (gasps) Which is exactly what you would say if you were in league with the Lich. I'm not in league with the Lich. Well then, tell us where the armpit is. There's no friggin' armpit. That's it. There's definitely something fishy going on here. Hey, what's wrong with your nose? My nose? Yeah, it looks... Litchy. Litchy? 
Look, that is just my nose. Or is it? Well, I put it to you, my devious companion, that you are not who you say you are. Indeed, you had us fooled for many a year. But now we see through your foul deception. Oh, this is just ridiculous. Ah, there's only one way to prove your innocence. Fine. What is it? Show us your toe. Malak the Maleficent here. If, like me, you're enjoying this podcast, please consider subscribing on Patreon for exclusive bonus content every week and the warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing you are helping to keep the show going. Subscribe at patreon.com slash morris. There, I said it. Can you stop staring at me like that now? The things I do. All right, all right. Don't forget patreon.com slash morris. Can I go now? Right, 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 right. So today we're going to talk about a wizard. Wizard. Of sorts. I was about to say, is that a wizard the correct terminology? Um, actually... He's like an undead mm. god wizard. Mm. Not a, a lich? Oh, a lich is a type of wizard. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Mm. <laughs> Let me just put my glasses on so I look more... Wizardly? Uh, Nail- nailing that librarian vibe. Uh, sorry, they're quite dirty. They're the wrong prescription as well. I need to get my eyes tested. <laughs> but I refuse. Specsavers. <laughs> I refuse uh, for some reason. Yeah. Well, there was okay. a big old info dump about just... the upcoming Vecna um, Eve of Ruin adventure. Mm. Yeah, there is Ooh. a 19 uh, minute long video, should people wish to review it, which is linked if, on if the If you EM wish to read that, yeah. yeah. How, how long is it? One nine, 19 minutes. Oh, I thought you said you thought, 90. You it 90. Yeah. I did. Oh. Uh, oh, horror. No. Horror. No. They've remade oh, no. the D&D movie pretty much featuring Vecna. Featuring Vecna. But it's not even featuring Vecna, it was just talking about Vecna. Yeah, it, it was a, <laughs> a picture of him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so, you know, uh, Vecna Eve of Ruin, it's coming out like at the end of May, mm. May the 31st. And um, it's a, a big old high-level adventure for levels 10 to 20. Mm. So I thought what we could do is go a little bit into who Vecna is mm-hmm. and then talk about the information about the actual adventure. Mm. Wow. That sound like a plan that yeah. you could get on board with? That does sound good. He mm. is featured in Stranger Things, I understand. Is that possibly the best way you could think of spending your afternoon? No. No. So, <laughs> the so best I... way, of course, is, is Batman, Star Trek, Curry, Bam, and Dogs. That wouldn't be mine, I think. No? Mm. No. Yeah. Would Dogs be featured in it at all? Yes. Yes, there you go. So it's partly yours. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. let's get into this. Yes, yeah. Okay, so, um, Vecna. So, who is, who is Vecna? Are you too familiar with Vecna? I don't know how far back your, your D&D lore goes. I don't know about his D&D lore. I was introduced to it uh, via Stranger Things because they were mm-hmm. playing the Vecna campaign and then made the baddie in Stranger Things. They ta- Vecna, nicknamed yeah. him that. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, all I know of it is... Be, what a little I know of those stories and the law that he's in Pavel, evil lich, and something about his eyeball. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, and hand. Uh, I, I yeah. think I came across it when I was introduced to the uh, fabled magic item, the head of Vecna. 
Um, oh. And in tri- yes, yes, it's where you cut off your head and replace it with Vecna's. Okay. This is a old, and, old, old, old joke um, which featured in. Um, I can't remember what it was. The dinner was, table, maybe. It was yeah. Mark Stewart um, featured yeah, yeah. in a campaign by, according to Wikipedia, a, mm. um, run by Mark Stewart, um, and it, it was a hoax artifact in that game. Yeah, I mean the obvious thing being that if you cut off your own head, mm-hmm. you're not going to survive this process to then be able to acquire put, put, put on Beckner's head. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm like, this is incredibly stupid. What is this? And then like, you know, I found out a bit more about it from that. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I mean to give back some context, mm. part of the whole Vecner thing is you can cut off Vecner's hand. Not not cut off Vecna's hand. You can cut off your you hand off his and put Vecna's yeah. hand in its place and yeah. you can you can gouge out your eye and mm. put in Vecna's eye in its place. And the hand and the eye of Vecna are two artifacts in D&D, basically. Yeah. Spoilers for right. Baldur's Gate, you can do something a little bit similar there too. Not with Vecna, mm. but anyway. Yeah, yeah. and there's so, like, and then you've got like a, the Tomb of Annihilation, yes. where Vecna is Big Baddie, yeah. and I think he also has a tomb. Hmm. Like, well, I said like, Tomb of Annihilation, I mean, what's the, yeah, no, Tomb of Annihilation, what's the one? The Tomb of Horrors! There we go. Oh, uh, that's uh, that's not Vecna. That's uh, one of Vecna's lieutenants, uh, Acerarac or Acerarac. Um, yeah. I'm not. I never sure. Oh, that's that's a, right. a Celeriac, you say? Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A, a Celeriac. Uh, has seen in Ready yeah. Player One, where people were like banging on about it. I'm like, mm. I don't understand the reference. Yeah, as, as one of Vecna's allies, but not Vecna. No, mm. That's not Vecna. But um, so Vecna, sure. like, like when the the original. Um, hints at Vecna was literally just the hand and eye of Vecna, which appeared sort of in the original Dungeons and Dragons rules. Mm. Okay. There was no description of Vecna himself or anything no. like that, but the two, the two, um, the two artifacts mm. were in the rules, mm. and that was kind of all it was. And even Gary Gygax said, um, like later, that at the time um, they were created by Brian Bloom and put into the rules back yeah. then in like 76, 1976 or whatever. He said even he, Gary Gygax, didn't know like anymore about you know Vecna and all this sort of stuff at the time operation on need to know basis I like yeah that. yeah yeah and then they appeared in the first edition DMG uh-huh. as artifacts yep where it was basically mentioned that they were like they came from a long destroyed legendary lich of great power mm. but that was kind of about all you knew you didn't know much more than no. that okay. um, it wasn't until second edition that Vecna really got a more of a, a, a sort of deep dive because mm. there was an adventure called Vecna Lives, oh. and this is I think the eighties, maybe the mm-hmm. early nineties, somewhere around then. Vecna's history kind of got expanded. Well, told for the first time, I guess, mm. in this. Yeah, um, and Vecna, I think, was probably the first time Vecna ever like appeared in person on in an adventure in a in a, in a D&D thing. I, I mean, I might be wrong. Someone's going to write in and tell me I'm wrong now, but. Right. I, I, in my memory, we're not going was... to contradict you. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I will not be that person. So yeah. you yeah. carry on. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he at this point is now a demigod, not just an old mm. an old lich. Right, because keeps getting promoted throughout all these things. I mean, not promoted, oh. but but in each edition, he seems to be something yeah. bigger. He's got a steady <laughs> career trajectory. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What a what a girl boss! Love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then yeah, the lit- so CEO then, of Lich Code. <laughs> so at the end of that. Um, the PCs defeat him, and he ends up in Ravenloft. Or did Ravenloft they? campaign setting, and has a domain of his own. <laughs> yeah, and then throughout the nineties or so, there wasn't much more Vecna or anything um, until there was like the Ravenloft 
botched set where <laughs> he was mentioned as having a he being a dark lord and having a, a domain mm. of his own. Nice. And then I think it was like uh, like just before third edition, this oh. would have been like the dying gasp of second edition, and Wizards of the Coast had D and D by then. Uh-huh. It was right, right at the end, and there was an adventure called Die Vecna Die. Okay, um, it was a three part adventure. Yeah, um, and at this point, Vecna is not a demigod; he's now a lesser god. He's promoted now to a lesser god. Oh, yeah. So he appears again in that. Um, this is literally, and then they move into third edition, where in the player's handbook, he's a lesser uh-huh. deity mm. uh, and becomes part of the core pantheon. In the actual, it's the first time he's actually part of the core pantheon as the god of secrets. Mm. In the um, in in the actual player's handbook, okay. Do you wow. think he always was the god of secrets, but it just he didn't want to let people know? He just kept that under wraps. Yeah, they, they kept it under wraps. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he the wouldn't truth, be much the of a god of secrets if he was going around playing everyone the truth now, would he? Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Then yeah. uh, fourth edition, he's in there as the god of secrets in the Ooh. DMG. Fifth edition, he's I believe he's in the um, Dungeon Master's Guide as part of the one of the pantheons. Oh. I'm pretty sure he's one of the deities of Greyhawk in the uh, player's handbook for sure. Yeah. I know that, and at this point, he is now just the god of secrets, god of evil secrets. It's not even just a lesser god at this point; he's now the god of evil secrets. Oh, evil secrets! Mm. I mean, that sounds like a demotion to me. Because <laughs> yeah. well, more of a remit. Yeah, yeah. Presumably, yeah. someone's a god of good secrets. So, yeah. you know, that's just the money left on the table as well. Very specific. Concerned. Very specific. Mm. Maybe there was just an organisational restructuring, maybe. I want, one could argue, is a secret good or evil? Because it's just information, really, isn't it? It's what you do with the secret that's mm. good or evil, surely. Mm. Yeah, maybe. you could keep secrets for for good. Like a secret Santa. Yeah. But the secret itself isn't good. The secret is what you're doing with it. I don't know, whatever. Anyway, that is an interesting thing. And maybe a topic for another time. Well, yeah. Is it a TTRPG yeah, so, topic? I don't know, but interesting <laughs> anyway. Uh, I mean, just very briefly to address it, okay. like, uh, the basis of cosmic horror is that there is knowledge which is too dangerous for people to know and mm. that will like you know, wreck your brain and eat holes in reality. That's mm. pretty common, like you know, secrets that will drive you mad. So though, yeah, that will be information which is too dangerous to know. So, yeah. yeah, it's, uh, yeah. All right. We're getting very much off topic. But does Vecna know those secrets? Yes. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And I, that's why I, 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 he's I, I, mad. Look at him. Hmm. Is he not on the front of the DMG? Uh, and is that Vecna fifth... on the front? I thought it was. Oh, it might be. Yeah, yeah it probably is, yeah. Uh, anyway. Author of the Book of Vile Darkness, apparently. Yeah. As I um, look at my DMG. But the reason he is missing his eye in his hand is because his chief lieutenant, Cass, K-A-S... Vecna made a sword for him. That's okay. nice. And then Cass betrayed him <gasps> and used his sword to chop off his hand and chop out his eye. Wow. Chop yeah. out the eye with a sword? Yes. Oh. That I... must be a high deck skill because I'd have thought spoon would be better. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. The, the spoon like of Cass is a, lesser known, is a lesser known artifact. Not for the hand. Sword <laughs> to cut off the hand. Yes, yeah. correct. The, the, sword, the, sword, the sword and, and also spoon acceptable. of Cass. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that would just burn it. Why spoon? Because it's a good hard ball. Yes, no, there we go. Sorry. Thank you, Peter. Yeah. Peter was there. You're welcome. Um, you know, the sword of Cass in third edition was a plus six unholy keen Vorpal longsword, which also gave you plus ten strength. <gasps> I... I, I Plus 10 strength. 
Mm. Really? Wait, wait, hold on. Which edition was this? Third edition. Oh. So it's not wow. the same as plus 10 strength in fifth edition. Oh, uh, okay. Right. It's, still, it's still a lot. Yeah. It's still big. Like, right. I was about to say, yeah. I, I want that for my current fighter, like, because that sounds... Yeah. Yes. I called the listeners who were furiously writing in, both of you, to complain <laughs> that it's actually Asarak. If you're, if you're a hardcore D&D purist, you're probably not listening to this podcast, I've got to say, unless you have an excellent sense of humour about it. But it's actually Asarak on the front of the DMG. So oh, is I it? Okay. That was me. I was wrong. Sorry. I mean... I can't tell them apart, man. They're like, it's all lich is, a lich is a lich. All liches lich lich look lich. the same to Peter. That's what we found. Yeah, pretty much. What does that yeah. say about yeah. you? Anyway, let's get back <laughs> to talking about Vecna. Yeah. So no, my lich has no... My lich is no nose. How do smell? Awful. Sorry. The one on the front of the DMG, does it have an eye and a hand? Oh, no, does it have... It does have an eye and a hand. Does it have two eyes and, a, and two hands? It looks like there are prosthetic replacements in the images from the video yeah, we saw. Because mm-hmm. there is a glowing eye that is different from the other ones. So I assume that's yeah. some sort of replacement. And there is a hand, but it is glowing and looks... Maybe like there's an yeah. attachment to it's it. Spectral, so yeah. it looks like there's a prosthetic replacement that Beckner has got. Yeah. Oh, well, that's nice. A bit of disability, right? Hmm. Yeah. So that's uh, that, that's who Vecna is. Yeah. Big, 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 um, major D and D arch villain, villain who's shown up yeah. various times mm-hmm. and has been mentioned oh. in various core rule books. Yes. Yeah. So he's going he's back ba- to the nineteen seventies. Gold. Yeah. Yes, and I, th- yeah. I think that's oh, why true. they wanted him to be in this edition because they said they were very aware this was like a fiftieth. It's been fifty years of D and D, so they wanted to look back at stuff. So they wanted to have old villains mm. and, and, and like make it be a bit of a love letter to D&D. And I think that's nice, especially because yeah. a lot of new people have come into 5th edition, and I also don't know a lot of the lore of D&D. So I think it's nice mm. for old fans of D&D because they get, it's like a nice Easter egg, like, oh, look, we know that. And also it's a nice introduction for people that are new to yeah. it. Yeah, so. so this this adventure is like multiverse spanning, and mm-hmm. Beckham is trying to remake the entire multiverse. In his Ooh. image of how he sees yeah, it fit. Yeah, in, that, in that, that sort of thing that Vecna... Vecna types do that megalomaniac evil supervillain kind of kind of plot yeah so the the adventure like goes through lots of different campaign settings and planes mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. seven specifically different campaign settings and planes sort of like it's kind of like a whistle stop tour of D's history in a way yeah mm. so it, tu- it it kind of like touches on a whole bunch of like Easter egg filled stuff so like Strahd's in it and um, Lord Soth mm. is in it mm-hmm. and oh. you know Tiamat's mentioned, but I don't think he's actually in it. And Natasha's in it, and Mordenkainen's in it, and Illustrial Silverhand's in it. Natasha's in it. Yeah, and they go to Eberron, and they go to Dragonlance, and they go to, um, you know, all these different campaign worlds and planes and things. So it's, yeah, so it's kind of a a tour of DD's history, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. They go to Planescape, Spelljammer, Eberron, Ravenloft, Dragonlance, and Greyhawk, apparently, and the Forgotten Realms. Yeah, a nice little tour of memory lane. Hmm. Like yeah, little, pretty much. Pretty like much. a little D and D ride. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like a D roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. And Tiamat yeah. is mentioned, no. but I don't apparently there's not an encounter coaster. with them no. in the adventure. No, no, no. 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 So well, she's so, had her own book. Yeah, yeah I think that's probably that's books. probably why. But yeah, apparently she's so, involved as well. <laughs> so this adventure, it's um, it's a high level adventure. Yes. 10 to 20, you said, which is... The premise, impressive. basically, is Illustrial Silverhand. This isn't a spoiler, this is like the premise. Mm. Illustrial Silverhand, famous Forgotten Realms mega wizard. Wizard. wizard, wizard. has realised something's going wrong and that Vecna's up to something. Mm. 
And she calls in Tasha and Mordenkainen. Okay. And they get together to try and figure out what's happening. And they meet up in Sigil, in the Planescape setting, okay. and get together to try and work out what's going on. And they work out that Vecna's, like, got nefarious plots afoot. <gasps> no. And so they, they cast a big old wish spell oh. to solve the problem. Nice. But the results of the wish spell are that the PCs show up. <laughs> and the PCs are in some way the ones fated to confront Vecna. Right. Okay. <laughs> Only you um, can save like, the galaxy. Yeah. Sounds like a cop-out by the GM. To me, but, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so at that point, the, the PCs are 10th level. Presumably yeah. by the time they actually confront Vecna, I assume they'll be mm. 20th. So, so, one, so one you hopes. would have had yeah. some adventuring under your belts at that point. So you would yeah. be a 10th yeah. level. You've done some things. So people would be like, oh, you you've are the heroes who did... Save mm. the kitten out the tree or whatever you've done. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like, my 10th my yeah. level party of adventures in my Thursday night game finally killed Siroth, the Red Dragon, last night. That's, hey. yes, congratulations to them. After two years of play. Siroth is a red dragon. And they now, <laughs> they have saved the kingdom. Yeah. Or have they? Yeah. For now. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> yeah, so apparently this whole thing, because Vecna's like the god of secrets as well. Yes, yeah. There's a, like, the power of secrets is a theme throughout this. And there's a whole, okay. apparently, a subsystem for mm. using the power of secrets during combat. Don't know what that means. Who knows? Intriguing. Could mean anything. Well, Wizards of the Coast probably know. Probably. Well, okay. Or do they, is it being kept e- secret even from them? Well, I, I did say probably. Operating on need, operating on need to no basis. Yeah. 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 Maybe nobody knows, apart from one writer. And they're not telling And me. maybe that writer has now forgotten. Oh, that must be why it's set in the Forgotten Realms. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's totally forgot about the realms, you know. <laughs> no, no, they've forgotten the secret as well. That's the problem. Yeah. No, I'm sure it's a, I'm sure it's a very well-written adventure. Uh, quite sure hard, is. I imagine, to make it all work. Especially um, level yeah. 10 to level 20, because mm-hmm. doing high-level adventures, really hard. But it needs doing. There isn't enough, yeah. of, you know, high-level adventure stuff out there. And it kind of, I think, kind of creates a vicious circle kind of situation where people don't play high level because there isn't high level stuff out there and there isn't high level stuff out there because people don't play it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, and, and, and a lot of people, I've, I've seen them online saying, oh, you just have to use your imagination. Mm. And that's certainly a thing you can say. High um, level adventures are hard to do because, that, you know. There's a lot of options on the table. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of dials and levers and players can do a lot of things, that, mm. you know. So. Especially in A5e as well because, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, so many things. Well, well, one of the design goals of A5E was to sort of reduce the save or die spells. Mm. But, I mean, honestly, it's a different game uh, after, after you get past 10th level. Yeah. Uh, like, the level 6 spells just work on a different logic. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that logic is, but certainly I'm looking forward to running and playing more high-level uh, A5E, obviously, but that will hope to give okay. you an insight into how to make it more accessible for other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's one of my goals for 2024. Have- uh, folks, that is your uh, contractually obliged infomercial for A5B inserted into the, into the conversation. You can read it if you want, but I'm just... Yeah. It's oh. the same in D&D. When you get to high level, like players can do so yeah. many things. And I think yeah. you as the GM, like, they will... I mean, I think anyone running games, your players will always yeah. solve a situation in a way you didn't think of, because that's the beauty yeah. of role-playing games. Yeah. But I think there's so many more ways to solve it the higher you go. And sometimes mm. it can be too obvious. They're like, well, I'll just do this. And you're like, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that, that works. To... Okay, there's yeah. there's two hours worth of prep gone, right? <laughs> it, it, so... it needs like a little bit of a... 
Look, like Larian, as I was saying, they are like, yeah, we, we can't really have much of the game past level 12 because we don't know how to fix it. So, you know, yeah, it does rely a lot upon GM's ingenuity. Mm. So, like, I mean, that's What other cool ones have they done that were... Dungeon of the Mad Mage. Yep. Royals. Rise... Uh, what's it? The Rise of the Dragon Queen campaign. I can't remember if I've got that quite right. Horde of... Yeah, Horde of the Dragon Queen, Rise of Tiamat. That finishes at level 16 or thereabouts. Which was the one that had a jump recently? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, know, I know the one you're talking about. They, oh, they, yeah. They one to five and they jump... Like, Planescape. So yes. Mm. Planescape. Yeah. Yeah. Jump. I yeah. imagine that's, so a, that's a temporary a boost and back down, yeah. so you get some, I imagine, is mm. what that was. Is it? I thought it was. Is it? Okay. Oh, I thought it was a time jump. I don't know. I literally don't that's know. That's what I, I mean. So I you're kind it. of, yeah. you go to the future when you're high level, so your characters go back to what mm. they were before, I think. is. Oh, I could okay. be wrong. I haven't played through it. Mm. Please Not write in, internet, and tell me if I'm wrong. You'll enjoy <laughs> that. <laughs> Uh, I mean, this one, basically, it's a searching for the seven pieces of the rod of seven parts is the structure of the adventure. And you go to seven distinct, like, planes or settings. And the rod of seven parts is another sort of famous Mm. D&D artifact. And there have been adventures based around it before. But... um, I know, I know, um, I know it's quite a classic, but I do love a fetch quest campaign. I know, and I know mm. it's, I know it's done a lot, but I just think it works nicely in a role playing game. It's like, yeah. got all these bits to go find, we can go to these different places and get these things, and it's just, as a mm. player, I always like those sort of things because I feel like I have a really clear, overarching goal. You definitely know what you're doing. I know what I'm doing, yeah. and then when we go to those different places, there'll be side quests and stuff going on that you can investigate. Yeah. And I, I mm. yeah. Maybe I'm just not a very exciting player, but I like that structure. So. There's a reason why that's an enduring and popular yeah. format for adventures. Yeah. I, it's it clear what you're about. I enjoy yeah. it as a player, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's not like it's a fetch quest. Go across the map, uh, pick up this potion to help cure my hangover, and then come back and give it to me. Mm. That, that's like an annoying little fetch quest. It's like a real mm. life fetch quest I do for my partner. So <laughs> yeah. I was actually drawing from Baldur's Gate 1 when you're in Canopy. That's I haven't played Baldur's Gate one, but yeah, it's an old, old game. Yeah, <laughs> it probably wouldn't stand up. To... Uh, adjust yeah. your expectations. Mm. Well, anyway. anyway, and also it doesn't use fifth edition rules. No, yeah, or even third edition rules. It uses second edition rules. Second edition rules. Yeah, rules. So, yeah. Oh. which everybody loves, from what I know. I, well, it's I got descending AC instead of ascending AC, so. Uh, I, I like to call things tacos um, because that annoys people. Tacos. Anyway, so back to that. Uh. So what, what what else have we got to share in this? So yeah, you're finding the rods uh. of seven parts, multiverse, we're going to different places, we're seeing old friends, we're going to old places. It's a wild and wacky road trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the book itself, it's like 256 pages. Mm-hmm. Hardcover, obviously. Um, it comes with a double-sided poster map. Mm-hmm. We love a poster map. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it's got strong. 30 new monsters. Ooh, nice. It's got detailed character dossiers on legendary allies who you might recognise from other D&D adventures. Ooh. Don't know who, but... So there's lots of cameos, good to know. Lots of cameos. I think this is yeah. going to be a cameo Easter egg filled thing, yeah. I think. I, I mean, they've already mentioned Strahd and Soth, but there's going to be others. I, I'm getting less of a roller coaster, more of a it's a small world vibe. Like yeah, you know, it's like this this quite cute little thing where you where you get on the ride in Disneyland and you go mm. around and there's like various little puppets singing at you. So I mm. have like a little image of I don't know, Lord Soft saying, 
I took evil dark and two uh, distinct from the face. Do you think that's what it's going to be? Lord Soth popping up like a little puppet going, I'm so evil. I'm not going to put money on it, but yeah. <laughs> I love a musical number and a fight. And Baldur's Gate 3 spoilers, there is one in Act 3. And it really? delighted me. Oh, okay. I didn't realise it was going to happen. And it just mm. happens. And I was delighted. Right. Beyond it. I think that's the best thing that happened to me last year, to be honest. But anyway. Hmm. Okay. All right. Let me know when you get to um, that part in the game, Peter. We can talk about it. I, I will look forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what else? There's, there's going to be a prequel bonus adventure coming out mm. April the sixteenth. Mm. So quite like six weeks before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can only get it if you pre-order on D and D Beyond. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we don't know much about it other than that it's called um, Vecna Nest of the Eldritch Eye, and it's a single session adventure. That's all right. basically all, all you know. There's nothing else, no okay. other information yet about that. So is that something yeah. to kind of hype your campaign party up ready for the release? Yeah. I guess so, yeah. It says yeah. it foreshadows the... Uh, That's a little the musée to draw you in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, do we know anything about the writers? Like, who's on the writing team? Like, we don't know yet. No, mm. that, I mean, we can look at the Amazon product page, yeah, but I think say. usually that just that just says Wizards D&D team these days, doesn't it? Mm. It doesn't list them specifically. Let's have a look. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It doesn't say on there. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't have that information to hand. I'm afraid, but no. I'm yeah. sure that will be leaked. Uh, not, not leaked is the wrong word. Shared with us in advance. <laughs> <laughs> leaked is probably the wrong word. Uh, yeah. Like it's a secret. Teased, perhaps. I mean, it'll be it'll be a lot of people. I imagine. <laughs> yes. It's, it's be one of those sort of de- designer lists inside the front cover, which is yeah. going to be sort of like. Yeah, a couple of dozen people. writers. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Big project. Oh, 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 maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. Do not know. Um, there's a lot of art that's been released as well. Yeah, mm. and the art is gorgeous. So what I am going to do is show you this art because there's so much of it. I've, lots and lots of it. I've had a mooch. Um, yeah. No, not scared. Uh, it's in the article. You got it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, that's a page just with it all. Yeah. Mm. There's a picture of Lolf there as well. Yeah, I know. I saw so that. I guess that, that was... means she's going to be in it yeah. in some manner. Mm. I guess. But all of this art is great. There's a lot of lot of arts of Vecna. Yeah, imagine expect. Imagine yeah. each plane that you go to to get your piece of the staff will have like a big bad in it, which will be one of these mm. iconic people. I, ima- I imagine. I don't assuming. know. This is yeah. my yeah. my guess. So yeah. yeah, that is what I'm assuming. Um, yeah, well, we've got, we've got seven of them, so I imagine you'll go to Ravenloft and you'll meet um, Strath, and you'll go to mm-hmm. Dragonlance and you'll meet Lord Soth, and then... Yeah. That's my guess. Oh. It's kind mm-hmm. of hard to tell, but the art is gorgeous. Well, well, of course it is. It usually is in Wizard stuff, isn't it? They, uh, yeah. they use top-notch artists. Yes. Yeah. They are known oh. for it. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I'm, I... I, I am in, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing this. Mm. Yes. I don't know if it's one that I would I'm actually going to run or anything, but yeah, I don't. It's gonna, I think it's going to be one that's going to be interesting for me to to read at the very least. Mm. I um yeah, I don't think I'm ready as a GM to run high level campaigns in D and D. So I won't buy it for that. But I, if I was invited to a game of this, I'd probably play. She says. You program to any listeners. <laughs> oh, these are all clipped off the stream, aren't they? Yeah. That explains why that woman is in the background of this one. Um, it's also... I, I, I basically, like, I'm just leafing through the slideshow, and there was a really weird one where it's like, there's Vecna, and then there's 
a woman looking confused next to him. I'm like, that's is she trapped in there? No, no, <laughs> she she's trapped. Just, she's she's she just someone her. on the screen who's like looking at it at the same time and has been caught in the pictures. Okay. So <laughs> funny. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was, um, I was so just you know, confused. So. You know Beedling Grim? Yes, yes, they, they do those big old platinum editions, box sets. Yes, mm-hmm. but everything you can um, possibly design. Yeah, so they're doing one of those as well, which you'll be Ooh. able to pre-order from March. Nice. Bully. Um, as usual, there's no real information about what's in it yet. That always comes a bit later. Um, but you can look at previous ones, and they've they've always had maps, miniatures, cards, props. They've always had tons and tons and tons of stuff. And they usually cost like a couple of hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. And it's but, a box set. But you get a lot of stuff. Yeah. You get a lot of stuff and yeah. pins and all sorts of things in them. So they're doing they're doing that yeah. as they do for most of most of um, their D and D releases. Yeah, which I'm sure will be utterly gorgeous as usual. Yes. Yeah. 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 So you better yeah. pre-order that in March. I think that's kind of it. We've kind of covered pretty much most of what we know so far. Mm, I mean, so- there'll be more information closer to the time, I imagine. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Solid set. Oh, apparently, here we go. The Nest of the Evil Eye, 26 minutes ago, while we were recording, they released a bunch of information about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. In video format. Wonderful. Of <laughs> Sorry, Very accessible. Well, I tell you what, why don't we we'll watch the video and do a review summary on EN World over the weekend. How about but that? I, can, I can look at the mm. comments. The comments say mm-hmm. it takes place in Neverwinter. The PCs are hired mm. by Nor- Lord Neverember. Yep. A level four one shot exploring the catacombs under Neverwinter is basically what it is. Oh, okay, yeah, fair enough. So, so presumably mm. you wouldn't use the same characters then. So this is for level four, and then yeah. the actual Vecna Avenger is level ten. There's a six level difference there. It would require. I I guess the idea is you're using D and D Beyond because you're organized. You're you're, you're purchasing it. Mm. You you only obtain access to this venture by purchasing it through D and D Beyond. Yeah, and Therefore, it's just like you click on the level four, move it up to level ten, and then you just shoot, make all your choices. And I suppose that's so. fine. You know? I mean, it's it's easy to use from a pedagogic point of view. I'd be like, the players might struggle a little bit, but yeah, they're getting to play high level D and D, so there'll be lots of options for them to and choose from. And that's what you've got. You're actually playing a game that ends at level ten, mm. and so you just slip that in at level four. That's Oh. As a as a foreshadowing thing, yeah. and then at level ten, you then play the Vecna one, yeah. and then they remember. Oh, hang on a second! Back at level four, we oh yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, maybe, but that you're looking at I don't know six months of weekly play. Yeah, it's quite a big stretch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, even with XP, because the XP curve is quite reasonable to get to level ten. Mm. I'll certainly be interested to see if they if they offer XP within the like you know the full ten to twenty. Because that, or whether it's a milestone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because, like, famously, post-10, the XP curve goes, hee-hee-hee, and jumps off the rails. <laughs> goes what, sorry, Peter? It goes, hee-hee-hee, and uh, just jumps off the rails. Delightful. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like, like in the mid-teens, I think I, wor- I was working out, because I was trying to make a mega dungeon, as one does, mm, uh, yes. or at least work out how I would go about it. Mm-hmm. And um, if you do like six medium adventures per day, mm-hmm. then halfway between when you get, I think it's like fourteen, fifteen, you basically have earned enough XP from the first three medium encounters mm-hmm. <laughs> that you uh, you level up. Mm-hmm. So you know, like midway through, I mean, you know, because you'd have like three medium encounters over however long. But 
I like to look at the adventuring day. And so it's probably a bit silly to say you could do it in two weeks. Hmm. But on the other hand, it's pretty quick. It goes much faster when you get into the post ends. It's a known yeah. issue. It's not me claiming that. Like there's like you can find out all over the place when people have been presumably trying to make mecha dungeons, which is where you want to keep track of your XP. But yeah. No, sorry. That's just me going on about stuff that's of no interest to anyone. But I'm, as I say, that's why I would be interested to see how they handle XP. Yeah. 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 I mean, what did they do in um, Dungeon of the Mad Mage? Was that milestones or was that XP? I, I haven't remember. run it, but I think the idea is you get one level per level of the dungeon, as it were. Maybe. One character level per dungeon level. That I mean, that that's how I've run it, just for the sake of convenience, because otherwise I'd have to mess around with uh, dealing stuff out. And that's mm. how it's designed, so it does make sense. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I but I so. think in terms of actual XP, you would run into problems where you're like, oh, my characters are over-leveled for the next section. Mm. I would say. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I haven't... I have not done the maths. I have not run it. I don't know. Okay. okay. Well, I think... I think we have covered... Rickonar, mm-hmm. the were evil wizard, yeah. in uh, mm-hmm. reasonable detail. So um, we could probably wind it up there. I think so. Yeah. I don't have anything more to say. Just uh, looking forward to seeing mm. the book come out so we can see what his oh. dastardly plans are. Yeah, yes. and we'll find out that in May. Yeah, I uh, hope it makes a lot of people very happy. That'll be good. Yeah. Oh, also, we've got a Kickstarter launching on yeah. Tuesday. We Woo. do, which we talked about last week as well, the Plane Striders Journal. Plane Striders so. Journal. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting launching on Tuesday. Yes. Looking forward to it. Exciting, exciting stuff. Ooh. Okay, I think we're done. Yes. We're out of here. Yeah, goodbye, Fairly well, folks. Au revoir. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash Morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. I have a brewer printer. My printer's great. It's worked continuously. With no problem since uh, from the past 12 years, maybe more. Great, Peter. I'll yeah. send you some stuff to print out then. <laughs> yeah, you've done that before, remember? I yes, do. I have. <laughs> it was right before going to UK Games Expo. My printer was being such a brat, and I tried for two days, and I was having such a I was like, can anyone print this? And people like, yeah. No, it's such an easy thing to do. I ain't going to actually, I've got the same problem, is that I went to print something out yesterday, and it was out of toner yet again. Especially out of toner every time I use it, as far as I can make out. Like, use a print shop or something, or get a better printer, I don't know. So further, we, well, I, mean, I, yeah. I have, anyway, anyway, this let, should we talk about tabletop RPG news? The thing that people came here to listen at.